Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We do head into the Blues booth, and our friend, the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico, joins us on 101 ESPN. Of course, Bernie is an analyst on FS Midwest and one of our favorite athletes ever in St. Louis. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Randy. How about you guys? Everything's good here. I want to start with this because the players, they know they're coming back, but they don't know when they're coming back. Can you take us into the mind of a player, How, whether or not there's any frustration, whether it's going to be, what, July 10th, July 30th? You don't know. Is there any consternation there? I don't think so right now. I mean, I think that they're probably now starting to get more in the uh, get-in-shape, very good shape mode. I think they're probably doing more things. Uh, they have probably sat around a little bit, but um, I think that these guys all are all so used to uh, working out. They all have personal trainers and this and that, so I'm sure that they're just kind of like ramping up a little bit more. But I think there's probably some a little bit of uh, stress though is going on is that, you know, when do you want to peak? What What's the right time to peak? Because if you don't know if you're going to be back July 15th or August, I mean, you don't want to get, you know, in peak shape too quickly because then kind of, I think it, it kind of maybe lasts too long for you. You need to have some you know type of breaks during the year. So uh, there probably is a little concern with that, but I think they're probably just excited to know that it looks like that they're going to play. And I think they certainly want to finish the year. Speaking of the when, Bernie, we had Gary Bettman come out and and talk about progress and some of the uh, requirements that would be in place for hockey to come back. And it seemed like hockey took a big step forward. Everyone got really excited. But then there's been this silence period where we haven't really heard a lot. And I, I, I don't know whether I should take the silence as a positive, meaning they're talking about this behind closed doors and we're going to get a firm date soon, or if that should make me nervous that we haven't heard more publicly from the NHL about a firm return date. Well, I don't know how to answer that because <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think that there's lots of things that still have to be worked out. Um, I think one of the issues uh, has been, you know, the quarantining for, I mean, are you going to be able to be away from your families for three months? I mean, that's certainly a possibility. If you're going to go all the way two and a half months, it might be before you can all end it. It's pretty difficult to stay away from your families if that's going to be the case. But, I mean, I think that there's just so much uncertainty still. I, I don't think that uh, everybody understands what's going to happen with the coronavirus. Is it going to go away? Is it going to, uh, you know, during the summer, is it going to be put to an end? Is there going to be less uh, uh, having, you know, problems with it? And maybe there people can put their mind at, at ease that it's not going to spread during the summer. But I think that there's too many un- unknowns with this. But uh, uh, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, is this, uh, why can't they come up with a date? But I think they can't come up with a date because I think it's still up to the you know, the health officials to, to, to make uh, uh, the course known before they can even really set a date. The Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico, with us on 101 ESPN. Bernie, I, I want to, uh, this is a question I've actually wanted to ask you for a long time, and we've never gotten around to it, but you played in an incredible era 
of hockey. When you, when you got started, uh, the Canadians were great. Then you go into that Islanders dynasty, and just a few years into your career, Gretzky gets started, and you played against so many other Hall of Famers. Who was the most impressive guy that you played against where you finished a game and you said, boy, that was a real chore. Playing against him, he's really good. Well, what's interesting, Randy, is that we really, you know, when you play, as a scorer as I was, I mean, I played against the checkers for the most part. I mean, I think that we always belong the same thing. I mean, if, if, you know, when we were playing against Gretzky, it was either Larry Tate was playing against him or it would be Ricky Mahar in, in the later years. So it's kind of like we had checkers and, you know, I played against the, the checking line. Uh, against the other teams, so it kind of was a little different. But just you know, watching, I mean, there's no, there's no question. What, you know, what Wayne did, what that Edmonton Oilers team did was was incredible. But I think the one guy that I think that was really a great two way player that you know is a Hall of Famer and certainly deserves to be Brian Trotje. I mean, uh, the way that Trotz played, you know, in, in the island, you know, he could check, he could, you know, he was a scorer, he could do kind of all the things that he needed to do. So I think you know, when you look at you know, an all-round player. I mean, he was one of those guys that I always really admired um, the way that he played and the way the Islanders played. So, I mean, yeah, Everett Oilers were, were just a dynamic team. They they could score at will. But, I mean, the, the, I think the Islanders were, were much more of a of a two-way, you know, you know grind-out team, like kind of the Blues were last year when winning the Cup. So, uh, but Brian Trotchy was one of those guys that I really kind of I thought was, you know, always one of the, the best two-way players in the game. Bernie, speaking of, of the Blues in the Cup, we've been reminiscing the Blues' run to their first Stanley Cup championship here on 101 ESPN, the Play Gloria series. And we're hearing Game 5 of the Stanley Cup final, I believe, tonight. And Randy and I were going back and reading articles about that game. The Blues defeated the Bruins 2-1 Game 5 at TD Garden. And this was when they headed back to St. Louis, and they had the chance to win on home ice. And I remember at the time thinking, while I thought it would be such a perfect storybook ending for the Blues to do it in St. Louis, they had kind of struggled on home ice, especially in the, in the Stanley Cup final. And I just wonder if you remember how you were feeling at that time, if you thought the Blues were going to get it done in game six or if you thought it was going to go to seven games. Well, I think I was like everybody else. There, there was a lot of elation in my, in my mind because I thought that, hey, what an opportunity uh, you know, to win that game five and then come back to game six here in St. Louis. And I, I mean, uh, just the hoopla that was going on here. I mean, what tickets were going for astronomical prices and everybody wanted to be a part of uh, the, you know, the, the game that the Blues were going to clinch the Stanley Cup. But uh, I think that just goes to show how hard it is. I mean, when your backs are against the wall, certain things can, you, you never know, can, you can't really get a, an honest answer or you can't really get an honest feel what's going to really happen. I mean, the Bruins had a hell of a game there in game six. And I think that the Blues, after that, uh, everybody felt that they had no chance going into Boston to win game seven. But uh, I think that's just the, the beauty of sports uh, that, uh, you know, you have a big save by a goaltender at, at the right time, or uh, you get a power play goal early, or you do something early that to, to really uh, make the guys uh, on the bench, everybody come alive or everybody on the other bench, you know, put their heads down. So uh, I was very disappointed because I thought it would have been a fantastic way to end things was to win game six. But uh as it turned out, we had to wait till Game Seven, but they did get the job done. And it is phenomenal to think about. Just going back a year, and Michelle and I were talking about this the other morning that you each team won a home game, but the other five games were won on the road, which is seems so counterintuitive for the NHL that you'd have that energy and you'd have that. Uh, that comfort level of being at home, but like we've heard so many times, you play a road game. There is such thing as a good, perfect road game in the NHL. 
Well, there's less there's less stress on you when you're on the road. I mean, there there's no question the guys are all together. I mean, the home team seems to have to be the team that has to impress. They're the ones that have to keep come out and and really with guns blazing. And I think that's when you're on the road, you kind of just have that attitude that you're just going to be just focused on one thing. You're going to play your game plan, whether it's going to be a boring game, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's what kind of happens. And I think you see it more and more. I mean, I think we saw it even in the Dallas series. I mean, what the Blues won, what, three of the games in Dallas as well in that, in that seven-game series or two. I mean, they, the road team has to win nowadays, and I think we're seeing more and more of it. And I think it really is because uh, the atmosphere is that just, hey, guys, well, the pressure's on them. They're the home team. They have to win. They've got home ice advantage, and we're just going to go in there and play our game and be rock solid and don't do anything fancy in the chance that we're going to win. Lennon. I always look at all the buildings now. There's really no every ice service. I mean, if you go back to our olden days, I mean, uh, if I call it the olden days, I mean, we had every building was kind of a little different. I mean, the ice services were. I mean, some of the boards were uh, more egg shaped. Uh, you know, some of the buildings, some of the you know the uh, uh, neutral zone was bigger in some as, as opposed to others. Well, now everything is so standard now. I mean, all every rink is 200 by 85. Uh, every building looks the same. I mean. Uh, other than the the color of the seats and and and, and the you know the the gravity of the crowd, everything's the same. So I think that really has a factor nowadays too. Is that the guy just say, hey, we're just you know, we're in a nice hotel, we may as well just enjoy what we're doing and go out there and win a game. So it's really I, I think not that much of a, of a home ice advantage anymore. That's a great point. I never thought of that, Bernie. It's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great day. Enjoy some golf, hopefully, and we'll see you soon. Randy and Michelle, I'll try to do my best. Golf kind of is out for me right now. i got a bad back, so I, I don't know when I'll play again, but uh, I, I'm going to be missing it until I, I get a chance to do that. All right. Well, take care of yourself. All right. Thanks. You guys take care.